Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person and that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. Father, they will be able to use this message and make their lives better, not years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Lift your Bibles up and say your confession with me. Let's say it. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God has created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, our initial installment into this series that we've entitled Contend began with us having a discussion about resolution. We noted that a vast number of us make resolutions at this time of the year, you know, in the beginning. Essentially what a resolution is, is a resolution is a plan. A plan to do something, whatever that something is. The concept of making plans is fine. The issue comes in when those plans <laughs> exclude God. Therefore, the point of our initial session was quite simple. In your beginning of your planning and all of your formulating what you want to do, the goals you have, et cetera, et cetera, give God permission to be the planner. It is your responsibility to give God that role up front. Your responsibility. You have to give it to him. He's not going to take it from you. You have to say, you want God in your beginning and then make moves to make what you say happen. It's also beneficial for you when you make God your planner because God's plans will, will what? They will prevail. Another good reason to make God your planner, in particular in the beginning, this is why we talked about resolutions, a fabulous part about making our discussion about resolutions up front is this. What better resolution to make at the beginning of the year than to make a resolution that this year, starting right now, I am going to contend for the faith? I mean, what better resolution than that? And just the idea of that resolution, it brings us to the book of Job. The book of Job only has one chapter. Jube. I said Jude. I said Job. Jude, the book of Jude, not, not Job. Thank you. Golly. 
Job got like 40-something chapters. See what happens when I even get close to an Eagles fan? <laughs> Just mess with my psyche. But yeah, the book that's right before Revelation. How about that? Jude. It only has one chapter. And we're going to look at chapter one, which is what we call it. And we're going to look at verse three. Let's go ahead and take our next step into this series called Contend. And we're going to start off here in the King James Version of the Bible. Jude, I'm going to call it Jude one. Verse three reads like this. Beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, I will, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. Now we have there, he's talking about contending for the faith. And you know, that word contend is not necessarily you, a word people use all the time. So to kind of get some context there, let's go to another translation, the easy to read translation or easy to read version. And let's read that same verse again and see if we can't grab some context from that. It says this, it says, dear friends, I wanted very much to write to you about the salvation we all share together, but I felt the need to write to you about something else. I want to encourage you to, now here's where the King James has contend. It says, to fight hard for the faith. I want to encourage you to fight hard for the faith that God gave his holy people. God gave this faith once and it is good for all time. We have the word contend there matched up with this thing fighting for or fighting hard or just the, the idea of fighting. But what is really the full breadth, 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 how do you say that word? How, how widespread is this definition of, for this word contend? Let's look at that. If we were to look at some definitions of the word contend, here's what we would see. I grabbed several of them from the source that I had, and we're just going to read them off to you. To contend is to this. To contend is to engage in a competition or contest, to assert something as a position in an argument, to make a concerted effort towards achieving a result, that's a diligent effort, to apply oneself or start work on a given task or issue, to be able to match or compete with a competitor, opponent, or peer, to analyze or argue against a claim or piece of information, to deal with something usually effective, effectively. Now you'll notice I have certain words highlighted there in each one of those definitions. And it's, for the most part, the verb. When you're contending for something, loved ones, you're engaging in something. When you are contending, you are inserting yourself into, into some activity. You are giving effort. When you are contending, you are applying yourself to something. Look, you're competing or you're matching. That's the verb match there. Meaning, you know, if you step to me, guess what I do? I step to you. If you swing on me, guess what I do? I swing on you. Right? If you, if, if you come at me wrong, I come at you wrong. If you give your 10 
and your power rating, I come with 10. You go 50, I go 50. You go 100, I go 100. You come dressed. I don't come raggedy. I come with my best gear. When you contend, you're matching. Power for power, phase for phase, strength to strength, you're matching. When you're contending, you're analyzing or arguing against something. You're, you're, you're dealing with something. That's contending. That's the act of contending. Contending as you expressing yourself with aggression when need be. Getting yourself in the game, not being on the sideline. That's contending. The definition of contend is one thing, loved ones. It's a whole nother level of discussion, though, to talk about the word contender. Not the verb contend, but the noun contender. Of course, what a contender is, is someone who contends. But if we take that word and then we start extracting the breadth of that word, not just saying it's one that contends, here's what we get. When you're looking at contender, a contender is, working with the left side, a person or thing competing with another for the same objective or for superiority. One who aspires to a position, office, or award. And what I've attempted to do here is to show you where contend could be in each definition of contender. Understanding that what I've done here on the right hand side is not necessarily the exact match, but it gives you some idea. If a person is, con if person is con competing for the same objective against another person, they got to engage. They got to assert themselves. They got to put forth effort. The next section for a contender, a person taking part in a sport or game one expected to win in a competition, somebody or something that appears in the final stage of a competition. If you're gonna compete, you gotta apply yourself. If you're gonna hope to win, you gotta match. You, got to, you, can't, you can't bring your B game when they bring in their A game. Like what happened to my team last night. They brought their G game. <laughs> I might as well had a little league team out there last night. But it says one expected to win in a competition. That's a contender. The next section, a contender is a person or nation engaged in fighting during a war. One who brings a charge of a crime or fault, fault a participant in a dispute. So if you're in that category, you're obviously analyzing or arguing against something or you're dealing with something. You see how they come together there. Loved ones, I want to draw your attention there to the definition of contender, but the fourth one down. It says one expected. I want you to read that with me. Ready, go. One expected to win in a competition. Absorb that for a second while I tell you these words. Keep your eye on it because it's gonna, it's gonna, something's gonna jump out at you. Now, 
admittedly, that has at the tail end the words in a competition. So it's dealing with a competition. But for now, what I want you to focus on in particular are the first four words of that definition. They say one expected to win. And notice this. A contender in general is not necessarily the person who wins. They are expected to win. But a contender is not necessarily the person who wins. A contender is a person who has the ability and the capability to give the champion a run for his or her money. A contender is a person who has all the attributes, all the capability, all the, all the strength, all the might, all the whatever they need to be a potential but not guaranteed victor. Thus, I submit this to you, that contenders fall into one of two mental categories. Here they are. Loved ones, there are contenders who expect to win, and then there are ones who expect to lose. By the way, when it comes to ones who expect to lose, that also includes individuals who are unsure if they will win. If you are unsure you will win, you also fall in the category of a contender who expects to lose. Why? Read that yellow box with me. Ready to go. If you doubt victory, you have already accepted defeat. If you have any doubt you can win, somewhere in the back of your mind, you have already decided what you're going to do when you lose. If you doubt your victory, you also fall into the category of a contender who expects to lose. There are two kind of contenders, loved ones. I put them into these categories. One who expects to win and the other who does not. Which type of contender are you? As it relates to this gospel message that Jesus Christ has entrusted to the church, do you expect to win the fight for the faith? The type of com competitor or contender you are, you know, it, has, it does have indicators. It's, it's not just invisible. For example, if you are a contender who expects to win, you talk with certainty. You walk with certainty. You take actions with certainty. You only anticipate victory. If you are a contender who expects to win, everything about you drives and compels you to the winner's circle. But there also are contenders who expect to lose. 
Not every contender expects to win. It may seem counterintuitive to put those two words together, to put contender with lose. I'm going to tell you, though, that that pairing does happen. In fact, it happens often. The Bible gives us some indicators of that happening. And when that pairing happens, sometimes, you know, you, you, you kind of you kind of get the sense of how can that pairing happen? It's difficult to see somebody who is a contender, but at the same time, when they walk in the quote unquote ring, they really don't expect to win. Let me tell you how that can happen. This is why. When you are contending for something, contending for something is not just about your capability. Notice. Contending for something, whatever that something is, is not solely about capability. Read that white box for me. Ready? Go. To contend for that thing, you must believe you can engage in the fight and win. You got to believe that you can get up in that thing and become victorious. You can't walk in the battle, chicken. Look, you can't walk in the battle, but in the back of your mind, running tail, scared. We're talking about the faith. That's our something. So I could read those to you this way. Contending for the faith is not solely about capability. To contend for the faith, you must believe you can engage in the fight and win. If you are a contender who doubts winning, then you are a contender who expects defeat. Or you are a contender who expects to lose. I told you that the Bible gives us some glimpses of people who were contenders, bona fide contenders. But at some point in time in the game, they expected to lose. Let's start off with Moses. In the book of Exodus. You know the story. We're going to just only give you a small snippet, one verse to be exact. But the story goes like this. The children of Israel were basically locked down in slavery and God speaks to Moses out of a burning bush and says, hey, this is this is this is God it's, 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 it's G.O.D. is the big man. I want to send you down to Egypt or up to Egypt, whichever direction it is, left, right, up, down. I want you to go there. And I want to work through you to help. Say, Pharaoh, you got to let my people go. Moses pleaded with God to send somebody else. Verse 13, Exodus chapter 4, Message Bible. Listen to how Moses sound. 
a, a I call it a defeated-minded contender. By the way, before he has even got a chance to contend. The Message Bible, Exodus chapter 4, verse 13. Moses talking to God. He said, oh, master, please send somebody else. Listen to that in the voice version of the Bible. Moses says, please, Lord, I beg you to send your message through somebody else, anybody else. Starting in chapter three, the moment God gives the assignment, Moses starts rehearsing a bunch of doubts to God. God says, I want you to go see Sarah, Pharaoh. Moses is like, who am I to Pharaoh? Pharaoh's not going to listen to me. I doubt that man will listen to anything that I have to say. Oh, and God, you want me to go talk to the people of Israel? I doubt they'll listen to me. Who am I to those people? Oh, by the way, God, you want me to go and say a message? I doubt I can deliver that message well. I stutter, I stammer, I don't speak well. Everything that came out of his mouth was doubt and a reason why he could not succeed. Moses is a contender. If he were not a contender, God would not have chosen him for the assignment. He is a contender. But right now, he is a contender who expects to lose. Look in the book of Judges. Gideon. Judges chapter 6. Message Bible, verse 15. When it comes to Gideon, once again, here is somebody that God wanted to do something for his, a person to do something for his children. Angel even shows, shows up and calls him a mighty man of valor. I want you to go and do this great thing. What in the world does Gideon do? The, the contender says this. Gideon said to him, me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. Gideon's words were ones of a contender who expected to lose. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah, a contender. When he initially hears God's words, when God first speaks to him about the assignment, Jeremiah says this. I'm in the voice translation. God is telling him he wants him to go and speak a word to his people, to God's people. Jeremiah says, ah, eternal Lord, I'm too young and inexperienced to speak for you. Jeremiah's words are those of a contender who expects to lose. Now, you can call it what you want to, but each one of these men doubted. You can call it fear. You can call it uncertainty. You can call it lack of confidence. You can call it whatever you want to call it. The bottom line is they're not expecting to succeed. You know what the ironic part about this whole thing is? 
is that each one of these men are contenders. Not just because of their own capabilities, not just because of their own abilities and whatever they, they have as characteristics and attributes. They are contenders flat out because God is with them. God being with them makes their success certain. God even told them that plainly. And in, in no uncertain terms, God basically says, I'm with you. I'm right here. They still doubt it, though. One of the clearest, in my opinion, one of the, one, in my opinion, one of the clearest examples of the way God shared his, his thought about being with them is how he spoke to Jeremiah. Listen to what God says to Jeremiah, because this is, this is my best example of how God was speaking to them. Jeremiah, verse chapter 1, in the voice, starting in verse 6. He says, ah, eternal Lord, I am too young and inexperienced to speak for you. God says, don't use your youth as an excuse. I already told you that the type of contender you are has indicators. If you are a contender who expects to lose, you will find yourself hiding behind excuses. God told this boy, don't you hide behind your youth as an excuse. But if you are a contender who expects to lose, your excuses abound. You will have an excuse about your age. You will have an excuse about your gender. You will have an excuse about your race. You will have an excuse about the money you got. You will have an excuse about divorce you had. You will have an excuse about coming from a bad home. You will have an excuse about being incarcerated. You will have an excuse of not being tall enough. You will have an excuse of not being fast enough. You will have an excuse after excuse after excuse. Contender, if you are one who expects to lose, you will have an excuse. God told this boy, don't you, don't you come with me with no excuse. Don't come with me with no, don't come with me with any excuse. God did not allow him to use an excuse as a reason why he couldn't do what God asked him to do. That's what contenders do when they expect to lose. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah says, God, I am too young and too inexperienced. And God says to him. Don't use your youth as an excuse. You can and will go wherever I send you. You can and will say whatever I tell you to say. You have no reason to fear the people you speak to, for I am with you and will defend you. God says, contender, stand up tall. Contender, stand your ground. Contender, sidestep that excuse. I am with you. And you know what? When you are a true faith contender, that's what you do. When you are a faith contender for real, for real, one who expects to win, you do not hide behind excuses. 
you do what God tells you to do quickly. You say what God tells you to say and you do it quickly. You don't have anywhere in your psyche that you're going to lose. You only have victory on your tongue. Why? Because you are convinced and you have a conviction that God is with you and with with you and God. Failure is not an option. But each and every contender has an indicator or indicators that say what kind of contender they are. If you hide behind the excuse of whatever, the moment you find yourself hiding behind an excuse, take note because the type of contender you are may be the losing type. God tells his boy, hey, 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 uh-uh. We are not going to allow you to hide behind an excuse. God pushed that boy's excuse to the side and said, don't you ever forget that I am with you. He, he did essentially the same thing to when he was talking to Moses and Gideon. He said, listen, I hear what you're saying, but I'm with you. You can, you can succeed because I am with you. Say this with me. Moses, Gideon, and Jeremiah had God with them. Yes, he did. And the simple fact that God had partnered with, this, with these men automatically made them a success before they even got started because God was with them. However, even though God was with them, these men still had moments where doubt put a pause in their forward progression. Doubt caused them to hesitate. And that hesitant response gives us a key piece of information about a, person, a person's personal view of themselves. Remember, God automatically is with them, so they're going to succeed. But these men see things differently. Look at this image. When we're talking about a person's personal view, I want you to read this out loud because a, a, pers a person's personal view gives us some insight into how can somebody be a child of God, have God on their side, but be a contender who expects to lose? Let's go read. Never underestimate the influence of a person's personal view of themselves. Family, don't you never underestimate that. I can stand in front of you. And, and this time I'm drilling down to you, the individual. So 
you need to assume that no one else is in here and I'm just talking to you. I can stand in front of you and I can tell you all day, all day long, sweat running down my face, saying it with so much passion, I'm drinking Gatorade after Gatorade after Gatorade, but I can stare you in the face and tell you how great you are. But if, when you look in the mirror, you only see mediocre, you will remain blind to your own greatness. I mean, I can observe you all day. I can observe, observe everything about you. I can observe your style. I can, I can observe your capabilities. I can observe your potential. I can observe your, 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 your power. I can, I can observe everything about you. I can observe greatness in you and on you. I can observe everything. And then I can turn around and I can articulate to you perfectly and clearly everything about you that makes you supreme. But if, when you look in the mirror, if you don't see it, I am fighting an uphill battle to get you to see and believe your own supremacy. Similar, similarly, I can stand in front of you and all day just shower you with words that let you know that you are beautiful. But if when you look in the mirror, all you see is ugly. I am fighting an uphill battle to get you to see and believe the beauty that you possess. I can stand in front of you all day and tell you how smart you are. But if when you look in the mirror, the reflection of the person you see wears the label of stupid or dumb or ignorant, if that's what you see, I am fighting an uphill battle to get you to see and believe your own brilliance. I can tell you until the sun goes down that you are not a failure. But if when you look in the mirror, failure is what you see. I am fighting an uphill battle to get you to see that you are in fact a champion, a superstar, an achiever, a winner. It doesn't matter what I see in you. That can play a part in getting you to where you need to be as a contender who expects to win. But as it relates to you, if you do not see in you what I see in you, you are going to struggle to get to where you need to be.
in the same way, we have Moses, Gideon, and Jeremiah. All of them are in a starting place where they are expecting to lose. They are, they are, they are expecting not to be capable. They are putting excuses before God. These men are contenders. And God is with them. Even with God being with them, though, the issue is when they look in the mirror, so to speak, they do not see themselves how God sees them. When God looks at them, God sees winners. When they look in the mirror and they define themselves, they see losers. So what about you? What kind of contender are you? Realize that is also going to hinge on your view of you. Look at this image. I have two questions for you. Because I want to know what do you see when you look in the mirror? When you look in the mirror, loved ones, do you see a child of God or do you see someone who the Bible calls a child of God? Looks like I'm splitting hairs there, but I'm not. Once again, let me recant quickly to you. I can tell you all day who you are, but until you accept it for yourself and see it in yourself. The thing that you're going to believe is what you think of yourself. What am I getting there? What am I getting here, getting you to see in that? That you can have scripture, you can have preachers, you can have your best gospel teacher, talk to you all day about you a child of God. That the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. That you, you have angels around you for protection and support. That you have all kingdom resources at your disposal. That you are an overcomer. That you are more than a conqueror. You can hear that day after day, year after year, but when you look in the mirror, if you do not see for yourself the capability that you have through Christ, you will never see yourself capable. Why? Because contending for something is not solely based on you being capable. Contending for something also has to do with what you believe. Mm -hmm. Many people will stand before you and, and get this. I'm not going to limit it to just, you know, people kind of rank folks. You know, you got people that kind of 
attend church every now and then. You got the super saints, and then you got the regular pastors, and then you got the mega church pastors, and then you got the little prophets, and then you got the big prophets. You know, all people like to rank people, but you know what? Through the whole spectrum, if we could really see what was in their heart, there are people who stand before you and who stand before me and say, I'm a child of the most high God. And all they are doing is transmitting an echo of what somebody else told them. Because down deep in their heart, they don't even believe it. They're just the facade of who is standing before you. It's one thing to believe you are a child of God. It's another thing to just repeat it because that's what the Bible say. Say this with me. The Bible can call you a child of God. But if when you look in the mirror, you do not see greatness in yourself through Christ, you will struggle to see how capable you are. And family, until that view that you have of yourself changes, you may be a contender because God is with you, but you will not expect to win. The moment each and every one of us accepted Jesus Christ, we became a contender. But not all contenders contend equally. Some contenders expect to win. Others, quite frankly, expect to lose. Which kind of contender are you? I want you to continue to just kind of roll that question around in your head until we meet again. The next time we gather, we're going to spend some time talking about contenders who expected to win. There's two types, loved ones. We all know we want to be contenders to ex who expect to win because if we're going to contend for the faith, if we're going to apply, if we're going to fight, if we're going to engage, if we're going to put effort towards it, doggone it, why are you going to put all that effort towards something that you don't even expect to win in? And if I can go ahead and slide this in there, I can guarantee you I can guarantee you, if you go into any kind of activity, competition, fight, contest, and you don't expect to win, you are going to put forth a half donkey effort. You are going to, even if you are capable, 
I'm talking about you have all the attributes, all the skills, all the gifts, all the talents that can make you a winner. If you go in there thinking you're going to lose, you are not going to play your best. You're not going to give your best. As a matter of fact, I'll go one step farther. You do know that there are times in a competition that you might be behind, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't still win. Oh, yeah. Somebody said it's called it's called a comeback. It's called a comeback. There 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 are. Accounts and accounts and accounts in the Bible where it looked like. There are accounts and accounts and accounts in many of your lives where it looked like. It looked like. I was going to lose. It looked like God wasn't going to pull it out for me. It looked like I was going to come in last place. It looked like, it looked like, it looked like, hey, it looked like they weren't going to give out no raises today. It looked like they weren't going to have no job for me. It looked like, it looked like, it looked like, but doggone it, you persevered, you kept with it, you kept believing in your God, and next thing you know, in the winner's circle you stood. But being capable only, having all the attributes to win, having everything you need to contend, also includes you need to make sure you have with you the belief that you can contend and win. So the next time we're together, let's talk about contenders who expect to win. Because the last thing I want is for you to be a contender in this life and expect to lose or, same category, be unsure if you can win. Because you won't give your best effort. You won't. And we need the gospel that Jesus Christ has entrusted to us to be sound, untainted, unbothered, unmessed with. We need to be contenders that are confident that we can contend for the faith. I love you so much. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for each and every person gathered here today or who will simply hear this message sometime in the future. You are with us. We know that. Help us develop a conviction that causes us to act like we know it. Give us the heart that doesn't provide you excuses when you ask something of us. We are quick to act out on what you said. I thank you so much that you sent your son to give us the opportunity to be considered one in the family with you, a child of yours. Now that we are in the family, 
we want to have the conviction to believe that we have possession of everything that comes along with being part of the family. We are headed towards being contenders who expect to win. And we thank you, God, for being who you are in our lives and being the element in our lives that gives us the confidence that no matter what's going on around us, we can indeed succeed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.